0: You're listening to the Australian Army Training and Doctrine Podcast. How do we train soldiers to be their best in today's Australian Army? That's the question we'll be asking Warrant Officer Don Spinks in this podcast. He's the Regimental Sergeant Major of the Army based at Army Headquarters
1: in Canberra. I'm a senior soldier and I work directly to the Chief of Army and I talk to him Uh, and respond on all things, all matters, soldier. Training, um, employment, career management.
0: So take us through how the Army currently trains its soldiers.
1: It's a very deliberate process. It will start uh, way back at recruiting, uh, when we select the right people to come and join Army. And then whether it's officer or soldier, it's a very deliberate and rigorous training program that we put them through to prepare them for the rigours of Army life. In the first six months, a recruit should expect to uh, a lot of physicality, a lot of regimentation. So dress bearing drill, use of weapons and understanding the culture and the values that we have in Army. And it's the same for the young officers as well.
0: And how do you instil that in the recruits? I mean, they obviously have to go away to a certain place. There's a place called Kapooka that people outside of Army wouldn't have heard of. How would you describe Kapuka?
1: How would I describe it is that it's just a camp within a wire that around about uh, 3,000 recruits annually go through. It's a 12-week program. It is arduous, but the courses are all designed to pass, We staff Kapuka with our best NCOs and our best young officers, and their job is to get the recruit through and to graduate. So anyone concerned, uh, yes, it will be a challenge. It's a challenge for everyone, but our staff are there to help them through, and we have very good processes and a very, very solid program that's been developed over 115 years to get it right.
0: So talk us through a bit more regarding that program. You say it's taken 115 years to develop. Well, It must have got close to something that you're happy with by now.
1: I think it's pretty good. Nothing's ever perfect and it's always evolving. And for good reasons, technology changes, our equipment, even simple things such as clothing changes and therefore they're managed and maintained differently to what they were maybe 20 or 30 years ago. But the key is in the training of our people, the program is very structured and it's incremental. It's a steady climb up the mountain, it's not a push off a cliff. And it works? You think it works? It's designed to work. It does work. Not everyone gets through. We have a success rate of around about 85 to 87% uh, passing through our recruit training establishment. Um, And those that are struggling or finding it difficult, we make extra effort to see them get through the program as well.
0: Now, part of the journey that an Australian soldier goes through is to take on leadership roles themselves. So when you put them through the training, how do they become leaders?
1: The start point is to be a good follower uh, in any leadership. Uh, They argue leaders are born, not made. I think it's a combination of both. So good leadership itself Uh, We put our people through very structured, again, leadership and training programs that help develop them in the areas that we need to. But good leadership by example, uh, lots of effort by individuals, but you must start out as a follower, and we all have.
0: What does it take, then, to be a good follower? What kind of a person does that follower need to be?
1: You should have the right attitude and the right motivation uh, For Army you've got to want to be there, it's not want to be someone else to push you through the door and uh, our best candidates are those who, it's not a passion but those who have a keen interest because passion builds over time and uh, but you've just got to have a keen interest, you've got to want to do it and the motivation has to be there.
0: You talk about passion, you talk about motivation. How does that manifest itself? What does that look like when you have somebody going through training and you can really identify that person does have passion, that person is going places?
1: By their endeavour, by their effort, but also success breeds passion. If someone is doing a really good job at, at weapon handling or drill, it's a sense of pride in self, which that's where the passion comes from, to see your mates, and it is about mateship really at the bottom. And when you pair it all back, it's about mateship, and looking after your mates. And when you see your mates doing well, uh, you want to do well as well.
0: So it sounds like a key component is being set up to succeed. So how do you achieve that? How do you set up young people, perhaps who've come from a completely different background, non-military, how do you set them up to succeed?
1: Uh, I think I mentioned before that it's the recruiting process which really identifies the right material, the right person. And then with Excellent facilities and a great training location, uh, staffed with some of the best NCOs and officers that we have available, give them the right amount of resources and the right motivation. And that's how we get uh, the quality that we do uh, through all of our training institutions, not just recruit training. I mean, it's a continuous process. Training doesn't stop. I've been training for 37 and a half years and I'm still learning. I learn every day. 37
0: and a half years? In that time, you must have seen a lot of change. So in what way do you feel the training environment has shifted over almost four
1: decades? If I could say, ma'am, the one thing that hasn't changed is the spirit, is the core of who we are, that you know, rising sun, that want to stand, that ANZAC spirit, if you like. What has changed, though, is our equipment, our clothing, our approaches. We're using more modern uh, approaches to training, uh, technology, not at the recruit training centre, but we're using distance learning. Um, the the internet is another a great tool for us to educate our people before we centralise them for in-house or schoolhouse training, if you like. And there are many opportunities. Simulation is another a great tool that we use, and we're embracing more and more.
0: You talk about the importance of technology, of modernisation effectively there. So how is the Australian Army keeping pace and ensuring that it is educating, training its soldiers to meet the demands and complexities of modern warfare?
1: By keeping our eyes wide open, uh, seeing what others do, uh, measuring ourselves against our peers and allies and essentially having a very good uh, capability, sustainment and acquisition group who... Um, I suppose, troll the world for the, the latest, the best technologies, the, the modern techniques. And we rely on our people, innovation. A lot of our innovation comes from within. We encourage our young people to you know look for better ways to achieve an outcome, uh, to use the resources better and make them go further.
0: In terms of keeping an eye open on what others are doing, How would you describe any differences or indeed similarities between how you train Australian soldiers compared with US soldiers or British soldiers, for example?
1: I think with our close coalition partners, there's not a lot of difference, um, many similarities. Where we see the difference is when we're on missions in Afghanistan or the Middle East or to our north, to our near neighbours. The challenges come, we rely on our young people to understand their training audience and they may have to change their approach so flexibility adaptability is really important for uh, our instructors and our people everyone's an instructor when we're overseas from private soldier uh, through to general and it's just about knowing who your audience is and how to get the best out of them and it's really not much different to getting the best out of our own.
0: In terms of that operational environment, what are you seeing then on the ground in terms of training and how it translates into practice?
1: I think trust, trust of our people, trust of the training audience and challenge them. You know, we—we we, our young people, young, great Australians, men and women, uh, even today uh, in foreign lands, training foreign armies on the best way to survive and fight In in a conflict zone. So I think trust, prepare our people as best we can and uh, allow them to use and show their initiative.
0: Now you yourself have worked overseas. Indeed, recently you were inducted into the US Army International Student Hall of Fame. So tell us a bit more about that.
1: That's a bit embarrassing. Uh, A great honour and privileged to be inducted into the Major Academy Hall of Fame. Um, not something I chased, but I had the great privilege of serving in, in the US at the Sergeant's Major Academy in El Paso, Texas in 2000 and 2001. My first year was as a student, so I was a big sponge, absorbing all the American doctrine policy and uh, their way of life and understanding. And the second year was actually as faculty, so an instructor, which I really enjoyed, an enormous uh, reward. And to see the class that you've spent nine months with or 10 months with at the end is, is very rewarding, uh, also very challenging. Um, but you know, I'd say that'd have to be a highlight of my professional career.
0: How would you describe, then, perhaps, the qualities that are required of a good student but also of a good instructor. I mean, clearly you have proficiency in this area given the recognition that you've been accorded.
1: For the student, they have to have an appetite to learn. And this goes back to my point about the right motivation and the right attitude. If you don't want to learn, you won't learn. So key, motivation, attitude, and those right qualities that we identify on the recruitment process. The other thing that is really, really important to us and makes a very good soldier or a good person, in fact, is values. If you have a solid set of values and you use those to guide you and and keep your compass on track, um, you'll be successful. There is no course in Army that I have done that is designed to fail. They're all designed to pass. It comes back on the individual's uh, attitude and eagerness to learn, appetite to learn, to do well
0: for people perhaps outside of army that are not familiar with army's values how would you describe their translation into practice into what makes the modern australian soldier
1: our core values are courage initiative respect and teamwork and if you write those down and look at them it's really easy to see how they can go, how they can be your moral compass and the way we educate and train our people is that those, those values are their compass and if at any time you think you're crossing the line with a value, uh, check yourself. Ask yourself those simple questions. Am I being courageous? Am I showing initiative? Am I respectful? Am I working for the team? And if the answer is no to any of those, you probably shouldn't do it.
0: Finally, where do you see training for the Australian soldier going into the future? What's your vision?
1: I see a lot of innovation, uh, both on the drawing board and coming into being. I think we'll see far more um, synthetic or virtual training opportunities, simulation, as well as the live. I I don't believe that there is a substitute for live training, force on force, uh, person on person, but we can do it a lot better. We get enormous value for money, or the Australian public gets enormous value for their investment and uh, our troops are world-class, and it's the training that helps us get there. Warrant Officer
0: Don Spinks, Regimental Sergeant Major of the Army, thank you very much for sharing your insight. This is Captain Sharon maskell reporting from Army Headquarters in Canberra. This podcast is produced by the Australian Army and is copyright the Commonwealth of Australia.